Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in smithereens. I like that one. Smithereens is a great word. I feel like it's a, do you have a, well, your dad's a bit older than mine. But I feel like there's a a subset of words that belong to dads in the 90s mm-hmm. like my dad used to say let's blow this popsicle stand oh so that's like my mom a little more okay Pop- blow this popsicle stand is more popsicle stand but definitely my dad is the little phrases yeah like the little yeah. i don't know i feel like my dad would really use the word smithereens mm-hmm. in the 90s yeah um and you know the popsicle stand and um wow when computers oh i don't know if i should tell this one <laughs> for whose sake who are you protecting for my dad's sake <laughs> but all it was uh, his whole group of friends yeah that were really into like computers mm-hmm. um and like coding and yeah. stuff so like instead of calling someone an idiot they would say someone made an id10t error <laughs> because if you wrote that out it looked yeah. like the word uh-huh. idiot so i, I mean <laughs> your dad gets away with it he i can mean do it. he can do it it's really bad okay my name is sarah yeager <laughs> Woo! I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy, and I have a question for you, Joy. Okay. New Pride and Prejudice or Old Pride and Prejudice? The movie. Um, and by new, I'm pretty sure the Kira Knightley one came out in like 2005. So you mean Kira Knightley and like the Colin Firth one? Yeah, yeah. Versus Colin Firth, which wouldn't it be cool if Colin Firth was the dude in the new Pride and Prejudice? New were right. it would have been Prejudice. weird if it was Kira Knightley because I'm pretty true. sure she was very young at yeah, that that's time. True, but... That's true. That's true. That's true. Well, let's face it. In Hollywood, that's not weird. And did you guys know we have a time machine? <laughs> Our timeline's messed up, so we're pretending that if Colin Firth was the right age in 2005, right? I just love Colin Firth. I think he's a great oh, actor. I love Colin just Firth. fantastic actor. Uh, anyway, um, which one, if you had to choose? Well, if I have to choose, yeah, I'm going to pick the Kira Knightley one. Ah, same, same. The, the score to that ah, the music. movie is yes. just phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. And I love I that. Agree. The soundtrack made it. I, so this is how you can tell you're getting older oh. and more reformed. <laughs> Ooh. This is how you can tell your reformed points yeah. are getting high sign me up when you see a movie and they don't kiss until they're married yes <laughs> and you're like Best i love that movie <laughs> i've ever seen love it 
I think they I did. automatically just like it. What else happened in the movie? Who I cares? don't know, but I love that they They were <laughs> married when they kissed. Uh... Way to go, guys. <laughs> What other movies? If you guys can think of a movie where they don't you kiss can think until of they're one married. single movie. <laughs> well, us. it's interesting because I definitely think that you see a shift in Disney movies, which is really what we grew up with. Like mm. Disney princess movies mm-hmm. sort of shaped very much our generation's childhood yeah and you know obviously cartoons but there's definitely you definitely see a shift in storytelling and different like thematic Mm. elements Mm -hmm. when they start introducing the kiss before the the marriage now obviously with like snow white and with Snow when... White and Sleeping Beauty, it's oh, a little different yeah. because it's not like a passionate mm. kiss. It is a life restoring kiss. Oh. You know what I mean? Well, on that topic of Snow White and the kiss and all of that, um, one of the exercises that my daughters are in right now is they are reading fairy tales at okay. night. They have to do a read. They were doing a read alouds at night. And we just got this book of like the original fairy tales. Oh, not the Disney version. Right. So the version where like everyone dies at the end or Snow White was absolutely. Well, as you know, the fairy tales are just much more horrifying. Yeah. The actual fairy tales. So in Snow White, uh, the, the uh, evil stepmother that wants to be the fairest in the land mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, it was a a hog. So the the hunter who was supposed to like go out and and kill Snow White uh, didn't kill Snow White. Right. And he brought he a hog a ran hog by. Ha- heart, so he yeah. brought the hog heart to the queen. Yeah. And she ate the heart. Mm-hmm. And then after she ate the hog's heart, then she asked again, who's the fairest? And it was like Snow White. Yeah. And uh, so that my girls were just like, what just happened? Like oh, yeah. that is that was not yeah. in the movie. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they're dark. Oh, yeah. They're dark. The definitely like. <laughs> What's the difference between Germans and Americans? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just read some old fairy tales. <laughs> Original Snow White, the American remake of Snow White. I hope. Now do you know the difference? Like this movie is mostly about having a great work ethic. (laughs) In this one, a woman eats a hog heart after trying to kill her stepdaughter. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, Europe just had a lot more going on than we did. (laughs) Just different things, I guess. So it's it's really fun right now because I'm I'm just like I get to hear every day after they read aloud like did you know that's not what actually happened in the right. story like this is what horrible stuff right. actually happened in the story yeah like really visceral yeah you know maybe and then I'm like comes, good night <laughs> yeah there comes an age <laughs> where it's dreams. like maybe they were onto something with just like a little bit of traumatizing stories oh yeah they for sure were like kids need to know there's dark stuff out there and that it the dragon can be slayed, you know? Right. I'm I'm on the side of the fairy tales. I I side oh, yeah. with them. Me too. Uh so I'm not sorry that that's I mean it's weird and it's like entertaining to get to talk about. But yeah, the movies are totally different. Than, yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, for sure. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, you're right. I I am Joy. Here we and are. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. Um, and, oh man, I had something to talk to you about. Oh. And it's not in my notes. Uh, well, that then it's gone. That was my first mistake. It's actually gone. Given Unless that. I'm forgetting another mistake I made. So it's way. over. Wait. Oh, no, I believe in you. If it comes to you, no. just like yell. We'll just, I'll just interrupt the whole just conversation yell we're it having. Out very and loudly. we'll talk for 20 minutes. My daughter's. Right in the middle of our point. Yes. I'll do that. My daughter's assignment, <laughs> she's reading this book I told you about, Fallacy Detective, and her job, every time she was reading this paragraph, if there was a red herring, her job was to scream, Red herring! Like as she was reading. So we were all just like quietly minding our own business. And she's like, Red herring! Like, really? Just, like, welcome to my house. Like, someone's yelling red herring. Like, a baby's crying. There's dough everywhere. And someone's probably hitting the piano. Also, that's a that's a technique for sure. You're, like, in a conversation with someone. Red herring! <laughs> Don't that's, try that on your one, husband. That's one way to stop a narcissist in their tracks. <laughs> red herring! P.S. <laughs> Your narcissist may not actually be one. Just, you know, we did an episode on that. You can refer back to that. All right. You can leave us a voicemail. (laughs) 470-465-0475. We could act. Oh, never mind. I'm going to keep it. Write it down. I know. Right now. I just, because I just, (laughs) I got to give this one to you. Listen. I'm writing it down. I can't believe how deep I am into my life. And I still am like, sometimes I don't need to write this down. Yes, I do. I will remember that. Yes, I absolutely do. Just so you know. And I still haven't learned. I I know you guys have all heard me say this before. I still haven't learned the lesson. So bless my heart. (laughs) Stupid idiot. Bless my heart. It's an ID10T error. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If it isn't the consequences to my own actions. That, the flavor of that kind of <laughs> phrase is like Creed. Yes. It's just Creed flavored. It's it's Nickelback flavored, well, honestly. our conversation about German fairy tales is like Dwight <laughs> flavored. <laughs> it made me think of, what's the little like song he sings? Oh, yeah. Learn your rules. <laughs> yes. You have to learn your rules. If you don't, you'll get eaten in your sleep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So maybe this whole episode is actually beet flavored. <laughs> this is the thing you guys didn't know. Joy makes great beets. Beets are delicious. I mean, if you cook them properly, I like I like them juiced. I really like them juiced. Ooh, a beet juice. Yeah. The I really, color. I know. I've made some really beautifully colored things. I know it stains everything and it's delicious. Yeah. Anyway, um, leave us a voicemail. Four seven zero four six five zero four seven five. Let's see. We are here today to uh, talk to you about something that I think is just super duper important. And it's something that uh, I hear from people all the time. Hmm. It's this idea. You know what? You know what? (laughs) Is this the contrarian? You know what? You know what? That's how you know it's going to be good. This is the contrarian inside of me, but when I hear people say things like, I don't like that, (laughs) there's this really giant part of me that just wants to deep dive 
Hmm. On, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> justify. <laughs> Quick, justify. Tell me more. Your dislike. Here's what I'm saying, though. Um, our, I don't know anything about, this actually isn't commentary on this divorce announcement, but since I have it here and it's recent, um, Reese Witherspoon has been married to this guy for 12 years and they just announced their divorce. And listen, we don't know all the ins and outs and I'm 0% commenting on them because... Right. And, you know, I feel bad for celebrities in one way when they get divorced because they have to say something because they're celebrities and that just stinks, you know? Right. Um, But the headline was Reese Witherspoon and Jim Toth's marriage apparently went, quote, horribly wrong after he had a midlife crisis that changed his whole attitude and take on life. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, and I'm not happy that they're getting divorced. Again, this is not about them. But that phrasing... But this is such a common... The phrasing. Yeah. That phrasing is so common. For that phrase and then the word divorce, like... They go They're together. Friends. We just changed. We're going in different directions. We want different things. Irreconcilable differences. It's always this idea that someone or something changed and therefore the marriage can no longer exist. Right. And I just want to say that if you go into marriage with zero plans for it to change you or for your spouse to change, you, it's doomed. May the Lord rescue. Some but people, also, some people think they're avoiding this by dating for 10 years and then all the changing is happening during that time. And then they get married and they're like, oh, see, the same. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> well, but. it's just so it's so crazy to me because don't shouldn't shouldn't the idea. I think one of the foundational ideas is that you shouldn't have to change and that change necessarily because who you are is this precious immutable thing that you're actually discovering. Right. That if you have to change that thing, something wrong and bad is happening. This can't right. be good for you. Yeah. And the idea is one based on a very narcissistic, self-centered view of identity. Um, it's a very self-centered view of what marriage is for. And man, I think anybody who's been married for almost any length of time will tell you like, yeah, I had to make some changes. Yeah. But more than that, I think what Christians ought to do is be prepared and embraced and excited to change and to not live according to their preferences. And just the idea that like, oh, well, things are bad in my marriage because my spouse changed. What does that mean? And why is that assumed to be a bad thing? Right. I mean, I would hope that the man you marry, if he were like 20, <laughs> that he would change by the time he were 30. He was 32. Yes. In many good ways. Yeah. And so I think generally what that means is he changed in a way that I don't like. I don't like this. Yeah. Um, And is causing us problems. Mm -hmm. And it's, he's the one that changed. So he's not the one that has the problem with it. I'm the one that has the problem with it. So I'm the one that's creating 
Yeah. I'm the one that has to announce over our relationship yeah. that there is a problem with the change yeah. you've made. Well, so I think most of the time people don't want to have to deal with any change whatsoever. Change in themselves, change in other people. It's just bad. It's bad. Right. I'm not willing to do it. It's uncomfortable. And I think people approach the church in the same way where it's like, I I don't want to have to change who I am to fit in here. I don't want to have to change my preferences. That's why we have churches where, you know, the first service is the more quote unquote traditional service. That's right. where the old people go. They sing the hymns. Then the second service is for all the lazy young people who slept in. They sing Hillsong. It's like yeah. no one in this quote unquote church that's supposed to be a unified body of believers is willing to sacrifice any of their preferences in like, no, hi, the songs aren't for you. Hi, no one's singing these songs to you, supposedly. Um, you know, and it's just I like... I hope. <laughs> I, when I hear people say things like, I wasn't myself anymore. I didn't yeah. get to be myself anymore. Mm-hmm. This is all based on the idea that your identity and your personhood is this precious, immutable thing that should not be messed with. Right. And that's not a Christian view of the self. No. Well, and it... it f- I guess my point is that it crumbles pretty quickly because you would have to have, if that's your personal belief is that who you are isn't like an expression of your humanity, then you would have to extend that belief to your spouse who, if they are going through some sort of transformation, doesn't mean maybe they are discovering something about themselves that, that declares their very humanity. But, but that's, that's not, not the person the, you married right. or something like that. Well, and I do think that is a bit of a boogeyman that gets uh, tossed around quite a bit. Like you, yeah. you know, a man's on his best behavior and then you marry him and all of a sudden no more flowers, no more back rubs, no more blah, blah. Not that you should be getting back rubs from someone you're not married to. I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you into that one. <laughs> ha. <laughs> um, no backgrounds before marriage. <laughs> Joy says so. And then, um, you know, it's like, and he was like, he tried to woo me. And now he just, this is, and this is how men are. And then on the other, on the, you know, alternate side, it's like, a woman is cute and feminine and helpful. And then you marry her and then she just lets herself go in this. And it's like this fear that's been. Yeah. Well, and also not to mention that our generation mm-hmm. is we were the product of a lot of divorces like that. Right. So we we already saw right. that this changing thing, this people changing or their feelings for each other changing is what causes families to crumble. And so you're left with a an entire population that is afraid to commit to anyone right. in any serious way. Right. Because what if I marry them and then they change right. and then they're not the person I thought that I was going to marry. So I'd better only, I'd better be in some sort of union with them where we live together. Just in case. And just do all the things that right. married people do except for... Right. Have a marriage. Supposedly we'll do all our changing before a certain age and then get all the changing out of the way. And is and make sure that, you know, I need to I need to even just monitor the way this person changes as long as they change sort of consistently with what I believe and our values still line up. Then maybe one day we can get married. 
but right. I need to I need to watch you for eight years to make sure that you aren't doing anything crazy. Otherwise, what's going to happen is that indica- that indicates to me that we're going to get married and you're just going to right abandon me and you're going to become um, a quote unquote different person. Right. Well, and I think that view, that mindset that you're talking about goes hand in hand with the mindset that you see in a lot of the older generation which is essentially that like once I'm an old person, I no longer have any responsibility to grow or change or try anything new or do anything out of my comfort zone. You know, you hear a lot of older women. I did my time. Right. They'll talk about like why they don't help out with the younger kids or anything. I did my time. Like it was a jail sentence, like Mm -hmm. having kids is a jail sentence and they don't have to go back to that. They don't have to do anything uncomfortable. Self-imposed. Yeah. Oh, you might have put yourself in lockup there. Um, but, you know, there's a there's a two way street of the older women bringing up the younger women where, uh, uh, you know, you can't be an older woman training a younger woman if you're not willing to be around younger women who have kids who maybe aren't really good at a lot of things who yeah. um, are, you know, you might think, oh, this stuff is so simple, but it's like, well, for the 20 year old, it's hard and it's they new. just started. Yeah. <laughs> and so like as the older person, you have to be willing to go be around some noise, be around some dirt, be around some things that might not be as comfortable for you. But that's that it's a blessing that goes both ways. Like the the younger people are also a blessing to older people in that way yeah. of keeping you having to grow and change, grow in patience. And um, so that idea of, well, when you get old, then you've finally reached the pinnacle of who you're going to be. No more new, nothing new, no more challenges, no more stretching yourself. And, and then maybe, you know, that's why you wait to settle down because you never know who you are in your twenties. I hear that all the time. I hear that wisdom. I mean, it's not wisdom, but that's the wisdom the world gives to young people is you don't even know who you are yet. And apparently until you figure out what beautiful little flower you are, you can't figure out who you should marry. Right. And I just think it's so important that we teach our kids that, yeah, like marriage is going to change you and that's a good thing. And then we should approach our church body as something that will change us. And that's a good thing. Um, You should be willing to be uncomfortable to grow and to serve the church body. And you should be willing to be uncomfortable in your marriage so that you can grow and serve your spouse and you can be with them when they do change, you will change. And hopefully it's for the better. But yeah, you're going to go through lots of ups and downs and you're going to see yeah. your spouse at their worst. You're probably not marrying your spouse at their worst. You might be. And what's funny to me is <laughs> when people do marry others at their worst, mm-hmm. they make beautiful moving like videos about it. Like, oh, my husband, you know, we were engaged and then he got his cancer diagnosis and then I married him anyway. And it's like this beautiful like hospital wedding and you watch the video and you cry and it's like, we know that it's beautiful to stay with somebody when they're going through their worst. We know that, but very rarely do people want to actually like walk that out because it's so incredibly difficult. Yeah. It's Um, difficult to, 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 (laughs) to pay that level of attention to someone who's not you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's much better yeah. to attend to your own mm-hmm. personal changing, your own development. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is like, if you were talking to your about yourself, you're going to use positive terms like personal development, finding myself, coming mm. into my own, following mm. my heart. But then when someone else changes the way you don't like, it's like, oh, well, they're different. Like they're, they just like changed overnight. Is something wrong with them? Mm-hmm. Like, do they need a cat scan? Like, I don't, like right. you instantly. Well, and like, read, read who you are in the story when you've vowed to be committed to someone till their dying day. And then the second they have any change come upon them, you're, you don't love them the same like you can't endure well it it makes it harder for you because then you have to attend to their stuff and not your own yeah um but that's not that's i mean that's not the picture really i don't think of any personal relationships in the bible um but certainly not one that you covenant and vow to right right till you you die but we i mean i think this is just this is yet again a moment where we have we have just reworked our entire culture to not feel bad about stuff that we should feel bad feel about. bad about yeah you should feel bad about breaking a promise breaking a covenant and that's what's happening when and you know there are accommodations for that there there are reasons to leave friendships there are reasons right. to not stay in personal relationships and there are accommodations for divorce. Like right. there really are. We do really believe that. Right. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking right. about you suddenly being like, well, our marriage isn't what it once was. And and I'm sorry, but like the way that the human mind works is not like a camera. You don't like, bzzz, like reel it back. Okay, brain, play the, play the image for right. me. Play the video out exactly how it happened. Right. Like... So even it's not even sometimes I really believe that it's not even just about the person legitimately changing in a way that's so disruptive to your life. Right. It's that your perception over time has been given to bitterness Mm -hmm. to the point where you have convinced yourself. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's you that's changed. It's you that has decided every day when you wake up to hate your husband and be annoyed by everything he does and everything is wrong and he doesn't pay me enough attention. Yep. And it's actually you. Yeah. It's you that has different feelings. Right. About the relationship. Right. And, but, the narcissists that we all are, we like to turn that mm-hmm. and we like to make it the other person's problem mm-hmm. because newsflash, mm-hmm. we know inherently yep. that it would be wrong to break this promise that we've made to stay with this person till they die. Right. <laughs> Just to add one little thought there. I think also if you're not married, this can apply to, the church, I think a lot of times, just any any group that you have been called to live in close proximity with. Yes. Um, it is, you are going to be stretched. You are going to be put in situations that are not ideal for you. And I think we have forgotten the testimony of showing up. Like, you don't just, you. so yes, you go to church on Sunday Uh, to worship the Lord. But you are also a witness. Like there's a reason that we take communion together, right? It's like you are testifying 
I believe in Jesus. He covered my sins. I worship him. And I'm with you guys here doing that. Like, You see me. I see you. And we're doing this together. Collectively. Yes, we're doing this collectively together. And it's a blessing. And I think a lot of times we approach church as like, oh, well, does it have this program that I like? And does it have this kind of song that I like? And what other what other ways, what other opportunities am I going to be given to I didn't flourish really feel welcomed I... when they when I was there? Right. I mean, I didn't say hello to anyone, but I thought they should say hello to me right. first. It's like who are you showing up for? And are you willing to change your preferences? Are you willing to be uncomfortable because if your focus is all on me and what I feel comfortable doing and what I want from the church and how I want to feel your engagement is going to be just not God honoring just period end of story and your life's going to be miserable oh yeah (laughs) well I'm like there's also that (laughs) I mean yeah like for someone that is really doing everything for themselves wow did that backfire right I mean, that's what that's what happens when you only think when you're conceited and right. you only think about yourself. Um, and I think that in a way it's like it is a denial of humanity. Yeah. Like it is an elevation of self to the point where yeah. you cannot. So what you love about yourself so much, mm-hmm. you cannot see in anyone else or acknowledge in anyone else. Um and it's those relationships that will bring that out of you. The relationships that are close where you bump right. into each other. Right. Um, and the 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 relationships that you have determined or committed right. to be in for a long period of time. Yep. Um, but those things are good. Right. I am so grateful to God that I am not the same person I was before I got married or the same person... I was when Apologia first started. Right. I would I would be like, what's wrong? Right. What am I doing wrong? Right. Right. Well, and it's like the question is, do you want to change? Do you do you want to change? Or do you legitimately view yourself as like there's there's nothing in me that requires any improvement? It's like, are you looking for ways that you can serve, that you can grow, that you can be stretched? Because yeah, that's hard. It's hard and it stinks. But are you closing yourself off to the blessings of being around people? Because people will change you. Right. And that's what I think a lot of people when they say, oh, I don't like people. I just like being around my dogs. I'm just like, yeah, you've told me everything about how you feel about yourself Yeah. and whether or not you have anything to work on right oh i just don't like other people other people make me feel uncomfortable it's like yeah i i actually know exactly how you feel about yourself you think you are the pinnacle uh you are the height of a person and there is nothing in you that needs to be sharpened or changed your opinions are the best opinions they're the only opinions that you value hearing um and the image of God is actually more obnoxious to you than anything else. Right. And it's like, well, hey, just so you know, guys, um, where we go in eternity, it's not just going to be like you and Jesus floating, floating on a on cloud, cloud. Yeah. like playing a harp. Right. Um, you are 
part of a large body of people that you are going to be in fellowship with forever, forever, uh, sinlessly, which is going to be great. Um, and so you should probably start practicing now. A lot more people are going to have fun with you in heaven. (laughs) You're going to be way more fun in heaven. (laughs) That's going to be great for you. Listen, if you guys, (laughs) if you guys like me now, (laughs) wait till you see me in eternity. Wait. Just wait. I'm going to sparkle. <laughs> I'm going to shine with friendliness. Anyway. Yeah. No, I think I, well, and I think that, um, obviously it depends on the struggle or the challenge or the transformation that's happening. Mm-hmm. But I think that the more, just like many things in this life, the more you exercise that muscle, Yep. The more <clears throat> yep. you find enjoyment yes. in it and you will find it very easy and pleasant yes. to cater to people that maybe were not always your favorite people or sit mm. and enjoy time with someone who you kind of decided we don't really seem to have much in common. So I don't really think we're going to be that great of friends. Mm. Um and you may find yourself uh, mm-hmm. having a wonderful relationship with that person and your kids like each other and you actually have a lot in common mm-hmm. that you in your um, very high horsey type of way <laughs> decided, no, no, <laughs> I just know we will not be friends. Um, and this, but really the same thing goes for your spouse too, you, um, you mm-hmm. will find it enjoyable to sacrifice yourself for them. You will be pushed to have conversations yep. that you might not want to have or conversation, the uh, length of conversations that you might not want. You may find yourself being interested in things you didn't think you had interest in. Um, mm-hmm. And the point is, is that along with all those little changes and um, sacrifices that you make, you are uh, being sanctified. That's right. Uh, and the fruit of the spirit is produced mm-hmm. uh, in you instead of your own wicked, yucky fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be, a part of I don't know okay how do I want to say this okay okay I'm happy to be a part though I was born from Mm. divorce and abandonment yes I am happy to be a part of a large generation of Christians that is not going to have those things in their family yeah and um, yes I am happy to mm-hmm. I I feel incredibly blessed mm-hmm. to have the perspective that I do on marriage yep and the perspective that I do on divorce yep and the wickedness that it is and the violence that it does to a family mm. as much as we may all want to pretend oh tell them that sometimes it's for the best tell them um mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're saying it's for the best mm. what you're really doing is asking your kids to pretend like it's totally okay yep. that one or more of the parents has abandoned the marriage yep, and um, that it's normal and it's not their fault. That's right. 
But it's not normal. Nope. It doesn't need to be normal. Nope. If uh, your uh, evaluation mm. or inventory of your marriage on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. even ha- anywhere in there, has some sort of inkling that divorce is a normal mm. and good thing, mm-hmm. you need to address that. Yep. <laughs> yes, you do. Don't think it. Don't go there. That's right. Um, yeah. I could say things that oh, are more... Oh, man. We could say... <laughs> We could say a lot. And like, you know, I'm not, um, maybe I'm just saying this for my mom because she listens to the show sometimes. <laughs> I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying we all need to do this like retroactive, have this retroactive like hatred mm. for the way that we were born and like take on this trauma. Mm. That's why I said it in the way that I did, that I am grateful. Mm-hmm that God mm-hmm. has shown me <laughs> yeah. the wickedness of divorce and it is not yeah. something I will do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And there, I mean there, yeah, there, this, this episode's not meant to be like a weapon. It's meant, that's what I think I, I don't know, something I came to the conclusion and I, I think I've said it recently, but like I, I whenever I'm talking to you, I'm never recording this really for people to send to other people. Right. It's more for them to listen to. Yeah. Cause I'm talking to myself. Yeah. When we record. Right. I'm not like, I, I would generally say I don't have like someone else in mind. Right. But. Right. I don't know. Um, It is something you are, you are just, you're going to hear. I think that's why I wanted to talk about it. You're going to hear oh, yeah. this statement that you ought not have to change and that change is bad and question that question that when you start to feel that way mm-hmm. obviously preaching to the choir um but if what what is so bad about it what is killing you so bad what thing do you need to hold on so badly too and then just notice what the world says about marriage when they say like oh we couldn't stay together because there was change you should change you should want to change you should be willing to change and that change should be growth and looking more christ-like and having the mind of christ and uh you have not yet arrived you haven't don't be content with where you're at you shouldn't be what was the thing that sabina said she said Something to the effect of perhaps perhaps we'll succeed tomorrow where we have failed today. today. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Let's just, let's put that on a shirt. Which means that later the changing might happen because there is like an inverse, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I want my husband to change. <laughs> I yeah. want my spouse to change. Yeah, but sometimes change just takes time. Yeah. Um, and especially things that are very deep seated change can are, be painful. Yeah. And that, and that's okay. That's okay. And yeah. when I, yes, there's a contentedness we should practice. But my point is if you are content with where you are at, meaning there's nothing you want to grow in, there's nothing you're curious about. There's nothing you need to get better at. You are perfectly fine. Something's wrong. You, you're the problem. <laughs> Well, you heard it here from Joy. I'll get an email about that. 
Summer, I cannot believe you Summer, let Joyce say why that. did you laugh when she said that I was the problem? I know you think I am the problem, Summer. Actually, here's the thing. We know you're the problem. I know you're the problem. <laughs> I already knew. You can't even Before convince us you, you sent aren't. me the email, I knew you were the problem. We are also human. Ah, uh, you snodgrasses. <laughs> So much to learn. Hey, join book club. It's going to be a good time. We're starting our next pick. Uh, Thoughts for young men. Wow, the brain fog is bad. Um, Do that at patreon.com slash theologians. Feel free to leave us a voicemail at 404-973. No, that's... Nope, nope. 470. I told you the brain fog was bad. 470-465-0475. That's it. I finally remembered my phone number. And we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye.